All right, what's going on, Eastside? How are y'all doing? Amen, amen. Hey, it's so good to see you. If I haven't met you yet, my name's Luke. I'm the high school pastor here at Eastside, and I'm glad you guys are here to worship the one and only Jesus Christ. Let's give it up for our God again. He's so good. I told the worship team earlier uh, just how incredible they were for setting things up for this word tonight. So if we can, let's give it up for our incredible worship team up here as well. And one more thing, I wanna give a big, warm, east side welcome to our online community. Give it up for our online community. If you're watching online with us this weekend, we love you, your family, uh, wherever you're at, homework, vacation, we're just glad that you tuned in today. And I know the chat hosts are gonna connect with you there, but we want you to become part of our family. So thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, who's ready for the school year to start? Any parents in the, in the room ready for the school year to start? Okay, a few. Uh, who's ready for it to not be uh, 100 degrees? Anybody, okay. All right, okay, so we got some summer haters in here. I love summer. I actually was just telling uh, one of my friends earlier that earlier today, uh, as I was going through my sermon notes, I just went outside and set my car with the windows down with the car off. Is that weird? Am I weird for that? Okay, I'm weird, all right? All right, get used to it. You got 59 minutes of me being weird, okay? Okay, so uh, this summer, for me, I don't know if it's been like this for you, but it's been a whirlwind. Can anybody relate with that? Has it been just fast and hectic and crazy? It's been busy. Uh, it's been a busy summer for me. I've uh, been a part of two summer camps with our student ministries. Actually, we've got some pictures to show you guys from summer camp. The first picture is from CIY Move High School Camp. We had over 40 students there at Johnson University. We can give it up for our high schoolers. Love them. Love what God's doing in our high school ministry. The second picture is actually from just about a week ago, CIY Mix, that's our middle school uh, ministry. They're up in Marion, Indiana. Let's give it up for our middle school ministry. We have 54 students at CIY Mix, tons of kids uh, recommitting their life to Jesus. We had seven kids get baptized. Just God is moving, yes, amen. I'm gonna wear you guys out with the clapping. Um, but man, God's just been moving. I've also had a lot of fun uh, here at church on Sunday mornings uh, this summer. We've been doing a series uh, in our student ministry over in the gym called At The Movies. And so it's been really fun. We've had popcorn, sodas. We've talked about the fruit of the spirit, some Disney films, and it's just been a blast. Uh, and one of the people here in this picture uh, is my good friend, Silas Kroll. He's our new middle school pastor. And I just wanted to recognize him being on our team. Give it up for Silas. Amen. Like I said, I've, I've had a great summer and I hope you have too. We're, we're winding things down for the summer and there's no better way to do that than to be in the house of God, amen? There's no better way to do that than to be in the house of God. And I'm honored that I can share God's word with you tonight. So if you would, bow with me and let's just ask God to be, uh, just be watching over us and teaching us during this time. God, you're so good, you're so holy, I love you. I love watching these people love you. I love seeing that people are tuning in online this weekend with us and that they love you. Jesus, you are an amazing God. And I thank you that you would go as far as sending your son down to take care of death for us, that you arrested death and you rescued us and now we are free and we can celebrate in that. And God, tonight, God, in this moment, I ask that as we dive into your word, 
you would teach us how to be closer to your heart, that you teach us how to be better followers of your son, that you would convict hearts, that you would transform our minds, God, that you would stand beside us no matter where we're at in life. So we give you this time, God, I ask that you would pour your spirit out in my words and ask that the ears of your people and the hearts of your people would be open to receive that tonight. And I ask these things in your name, amen. Amen. Okay, so tonight we are going to be in Romans chapter 12. If you've been with us over the last several weeks, you know where we're at. We're doing this series called Slowly Eating an Elephant. And it's called Slowly Eating an Elephant because we are dissecting the first couple verses in Romans chapter 12 and just doing a deep dive on what God says in Romans chapter 12. There's so much truth jam-packed into that chapter and into those first couple verses that we see we need to take one bite of that at a time and it's like slowly eating an elephant. So it's been really fun. Just to give you guys a, a quick recap, the first couple weeks, Pastor Dave talked about how in Romans 12, verse one, we need to, in view of God's mercy, offer up our bodies as holy and pleasing to God. It's about the grace God has given us and our response to that grace. You can't earn it, I can't earn it, amen? God has given us that grace and our life is the response of that grace. One of the hardest things to do in this life is to reject yourself and reject the world's view of being self-centered and redirect that focus to God. But Pastor Dave talked about living a life that's holy and pleasing to God. Because of what Jesus did for us, that is our response in being obedient to honor God. And last week, Aquila, the dude can preach a little bit, right? Aquila can preach. Um, yeah, that's right. Let's give it up for Aquila preaching last week. Aquila challenged us about the spiritual act of worship. How do we bring God pleasure in this life? How do we bring God pleasure? What's the definition of worship? Aquila talked about how the way we live our life, the manner by which we bring pleasure to the one who deserved it all, that's our King Jesus, is our spiritual act of worship. It's more than music, than song, than hands, than praying. It is the way that we live every single day. That's our spiritual act of worship. So we've been eating through those first few uh, uh, words, first few sentences in verse one of chapter 12. And I'm excited tonight to share with you a little bit about what God says in Romans 12, verse two. We're gonna have it up on the screen for you. It's gonna be in the NIV. This is what Romans 12, two says. It says this, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, when I looked at that passage and Pastor Dave said, hey, here's your passage. I want you to dissect this. I'm like, great. I got, you know, three or four lines there. Easy. I'll just put that into three or four points. That'll be great. And he's like, no, 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 no. You got like five words, bro. You got five words. We're slowly eating this elephant. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. That's all we're talking about tonight. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. So as I'm preparing for this message this week, I'm thinking, okay, God, how can I talk about not conforming to the world, 
but not about the other part. That's the being transformed by the renewing of your mind and being able to test and prove what God's will is. How do I just talk about kind of the negative side, right? Not conforming to the world. The last time I, I was able to share in here, I, I shared about uh, Jesus being our king, Jesus uh, being our resurrection in our life. And I'm like, okay, now it's about not conforming to the pattern of this world. So I, I spent a lot of time just like, okay, God, how do I, how do I get this across? How, what do you wanna teach me in this? Because I, I, I can't be here sharing God's word with you, sharing his truth with you, unless it's affecting my own life. And I believe God helped me see three things in these first few words. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. I believe God showed me three things that are absolutely necessary for the follower of Jesus to take to heart if we truly love him. Three things I want you to take with you tonight. And these three things can completely change the trajectory of your life. They'll change your week, change your family. They'll change your future. First thing is this, stop conforming. We see that in the first few verses. It says, do not conform. So point one, stop conforming. Paul, the, uh, the writer of this book, he changes directions from verse one to verse two, okay? Verse one is more like, hey, here's what's been given to you, here's what God's done for you, and here's your spiritual act of worship. You offer yourself as a holy and pleasing sacrifice. But, but verse two takes a completely different approach. It is all like pedal to the metal. This is what happens in the world, and this is what you are supposed to do as a follower of Jesus. It's about action, and it starts with stop conforming. The word conform here comes from the Greek language. Does anybody here know Greek? Anybody here know Greek, okay? Uh, maybe, oh, there's a couple of people in the room, okay? Uh, come see me afterwards, test quiz, okay? A little pop quiz there, okay? Uh, I, I didn't take uh, very much Greek in Bible college. I only took one semester, because I took the easy road, Bachelor of Science, okay? I wasn't like Pastor Dave, where I took four years of biblical language. Now looking back, I wish I would've. However, Greek, and the Hebrew, uh, the Greek is the original translation of God's word. So if we ever from, from stage talk about what the Greek translation is of a word, we're doing that so that you can understand the original translation of what God was saying. And the word conform here in the Greek is a really fun word to say, and you guys, are, we're gonna say it together, okay? But don't worry, I'll prepare you a little bit, okay? The Greek word for conform is suska metidzo, okay? I know, I know. I, I looked at it in the Greek and I'm like, I gotta split that up in like seven syllables, okay? I can't do that. Suska metidzo. I'm gonna say it one more time, then we're gonna say it together, okay? Suska metidzo. I'm gonna count it down. Three, two, one. Suska metidzo. Good job, you just took elementary Greek. I'm proud of you guys, okay? Um, what that means, what suska metidzo means for the word conform is this, assuming a similar outward form by following a pattern or mold. Let me say that one more time. Suska metizo means assuming a similar outward form by following a pattern or a mold. Now I read that, that definition like 50 times this week. And I'm just like, 
I still can't wrap it around my head. I need something to simplify it for me. I need it to be simplified. And here's something I found to simplify it. It's like Jello. Okay, anybody here like Jello as a snack? Okay, anybody here, their kids like Jello? Okay, okay, I know, kind of weird question to ask in a sermon. Anyways, Jello, when, when it's made, when you make it, you put it into a form, right? Maybe a pan, maybe something that uh, for the kids that has the form of like a star or something that after you chill it in the fridge, when you dump it out, it assumes that form, right? The form isn't any different. That's the way that it works with jello. The same way with the word conform. Suska metizo. It means something that's formed on the outside. It takes the pattern or the mold of what it's been formed to be. So why does that matter when it comes to these words, do not conform, stop conforming? It matters because I believe Paul was trying to say that there is an outside influence that has a huge effect on the world around us. There's an outside influence, a form, a pattern that can have a lot of influence on us as followers of Jesus. And each of you know here today, if you've decided to follow Jesus or you're concerned that you know that when you follow Jesus, you gotta make a choice. You gotta make a choice. Are you gonna follow the world? Are you gonna follow God? Either way, there's a conforming that takes place. There's a suska metizo that takes place the form and the outside that follows a pattern or mold. I like the way Pastor Tony Evans put it. He said it this way. He said, in life, no matter which way or direction you go, you are being conformed to something. You're being conformed to something. And the thing you must answer, he says, is this. What do you want to be conformed by? So I pose that question to you tonight. What do you want to be conformed by or what are you being conformed by right now in your life? We can conform to the patterns of this world and we'll get more into what that means here in a few. We can feel that pressure of the world, the influence, that, that pressure to just give into it. But if we do that, scripture shows us that we will exclude God from our life. I had never thought about this passage that way until the last couple of days. We push God out of our life. We exclude God out of our life if we say, man, we're gonna to conform to some of the world's standards. And I can't get too far ahead of myself. It's like I said, I only get to talk about these few words here. We can't talk about the transformation that takes place in your mind and what that looks like in your life but here in these few words, do not conform to the pattern of this world. I believe Paul was saying something to the people in this, in this context and to us. And he was saying this. He was saying, wake up. You got to wake up. And I felt God wake me up this week. Anybody here ever had a wake up moment in their life with God? Like God's just kind of like shook you a little bit. Like, hey, wake up. I'm here. I'm with you. I had a moment like that this week when I was studying this passage. It, it made me think like, don't we all need a wake up call in our life? 
Maybe especially now at the end of summer. Summer can be a fun time. It can be a great time with family, vacation, maybe a little time for the kids, you know, out of school and trips and things like that. But at the same time, we can kind of get off path a little bit with God in this season. And we need that wake up call. And I felt that this week because I was like, I was studying. I was trying to learn. I was like, okay, how, how do you want me to communicate this God? And then all of a sudden I realized I need to wake up. The last couple of weeks, I just felt like I was doing what I wanted to do, that I was in control of my life, that I had to handle every situation, every circumstance, every pressure. I felt stress in my life. Anybody here felt any stress this week? Probably all of us have felt some stress this week in one way or the other. I felt that. It was almost like it was easier for me to just adapt to some of the patterns of the world. Maybe becoming a little lazy and complacent in my faith. Maybe not truly looking to God for his plan and just trying to figure out things on my own. I felt that this week I needed a wake-up call. And I would, I would implore you to think about that tonight. Think about that. Do you need a wake-up call? Is it time for you to wake up to Jesus? In verse 2, Paul says, do not conform to the patterns of this world. And I'm sure if you're, if you're listening, you have already been thinking about, well, I know what some of those patterns are. I know what the world is like. But we got to get a little deeper into what that means because it's so crucial that we understand the patterns of this world and how easy it can be even as believers for us to just slip into those patterns, for us to get very complacent in our walk with God, for us to struggle in our desire of seeking Christ. And Paul says this, he says, do not conform to the pattern. So that's the second thing. Stop conforming. The second thing is watch out for the patterns. There are many patterns in this world. And there's many that each of us need to watch out for. Maybe some that are present in your life right now. Paul says, you gotta watch out for the patterns. So he says, stop, wake up. Stop conforming to the world. Literally, it's a command. He says, be obedient to Christ. Stop conforming. What are we stopping conforming to? The patterns of this world. I was doing a little bit of research on what are some common patterns that people generally deal with on a, on a regular basis. Uh, and, and these aren't like super deep or anything, but I, I, did, I did think these were good to share and I wanted to share them with you to see if you can relate with some of these things, okay? So here's some general patterns, some common patterns that people have in life, the majority of people have in life that they struggle with. The first one is this, being late for appointments. Anybody relate with that? It's hard to be punctual sometimes. I like to say that I'm on time, but my wife likes to say that, you know, being on time or two minutes after is not on time. So she always gets there 10 minutes early. So uh, I'm, I'm a little iffy on that one. How about the next one? Not meeting deadlines. Ooh. Maybe if there's any students in the room. Yeah, meeting deadlines. You're like, I haven't had deadlines in two months. It's been awesome. <laughs> not meeting deadlines. That can be a common thing that is a common pattern. We can get used to that. What about being absent-minded? Just kind of spacing out a little bit. 
not being present. I meant to bring my, my phone up here with me to be like, man, this is the thing right here that causes me to be absent-minded sometimes, right? Scroll, scroll, scroll. Absent-minded, what about this one? This one's a little, little deeper. Getting together with the wrong guy or girl, seeking out the wrong person or relationship, and that results in destructive relationships. That's serious. Do you struggle with that pattern? Have you struggled with that pattern in your life? What about this one? <laughs> this one's good. Sleeping late, being lazy. Yeah? Oh man, if I don't have to turn off the alarm and get up and get my girls ready for school, I'm definitely the last one out of bed, okay? Just being honest, I'm the last one out of bed. I'm a little bit of a lazy bum in the morning, okay? I gotta get going a little bit, okay? Um, so that, that's me sometimes. What about this one? I experienced this this week. Emotional eating. Emotional eating. Okay, now I'm gonna share some with you guys and you can't snicker at me or anything, okay? Okay, recently I've been on a diet, okay? Hey, no snickering, okay? Watch yourself, okay? I've been on a diet, been doing this diet with my wife and um, it involves these fuelings you eat. You just mix these packets of powder with water. They're terrible. And you eat five of them a day they're like 100 calories a piece, and then you eat one lean and green meal per day, okay? So pretty much the diet is the worst diet ever invented on the planet, okay? Um, however, however, this week, right in my sermon, lots to do back in the office right after uh, middle school week. Uh, yeah, I cheated on the diet a little bit this week. I had a little bit of emotional eating. That involved a couple slices of pizza the other night, Okay, there's some people in here that uh, probably saw me do that, or maybe I was hiding in the, kitchen, the, the back kitchen and eating it so no one would see me. Um, I had uh, sherbet ice cream at 3 a.m. one night. Yep, absolutely I did, okay? And I haven't been eating sweets, so that was like, that was a big mess up. Um, yeah, I stole some of my girls' frosted cookies. They called me out on it this morning. Yep. Um, yeah, emotional eating, okay? We're gonna move on from there, okay? No judgment, right? All right. Not exercising. What about that one? Terrible at that. Terrible at that. It can be an easy pattern to fall into. What about this one? A little more serious. Getting into arguments. Man, is that a pattern you conform to? Are you easily argumentative? You're always right? I struggle with that. Really do. I struggle with that. Uh, what about this one? Oh, man, we were supposed to skip that one. Go to the next. No, <laughs> losing your temper. Yeah, very real. It can be so easy, especially if you're argumentative. You're on edge to lose your temper. What about this? Giving up halfway through anything you do. Man, it can be hard to just follow through to finish the project, to finish what you started. And then this one, staying back late at work, getting burnt out. I'm sure there's a lot of people in here that have been burnt out at work before and they're just like, man, I'm just gonna stay back. And I, I, they just get more burnt out and they overwork themselves, they do too much. These are basic examples of what it looks like to follow a pattern that's negative. What do you relate with the most? I posted this week on my Facebook um, account uh, just about the sermon, I was like, hey, Friends, would you share with me what some of your patterns are or what things you notice in the world 
our negative patterns or patterns of this world. And these are some of the things that they shared with me. Busyness, selfishness, comfort, complaining, money, greed for money, anger, pop culture, entertainment, apathy, screen time. the next big house, my next new car. Those are just a couple examples. You can fill in the box of what pattern it is that you see around you or that you've struggled with. Do you struggle with any of those? Anger, busyness, screen time, complaining? What is your life being conformed to? Some of those things sometimes aren't, they're not sinful at all. I think it's perfectly okay to have a little bit of screen time, okay? Sometimes my girl's gotta have some screen time watching Disney Plus, I gotta go have some screen time in the other room, okay? Right? Those things aren't bad, okay? It's not bad to have a nice, reliable car, a nice house. It's not bad to be in a little bit of, uh, a, you know, a little bit of pop culture as long as you protect yourself, right? But what happens when our life is conformed to those patterns. What does it become like? It becomes like a cycle. It becomes like suska metizo. I think I remember that, right? It becomes a pattern. And it actually forms us from the outside in. Jesus, if he's the Lord of our life, he forms us from the inside out. So you know right now if you're following the patterns of this world more than you're following Jesus, if more things in your life are influencing you, you're spending more time with the outward things and that's what people see in you, that's what you know is coming out, then if you know, man, it's not just Jesus coming out of me, it's not an inside out. And here's the thing about patterns, most patterns go unnoticed. They go unnoticed. They go without care. We've, we don't even realize that we are sucked into a pattern of this world. They become second nature to us. They become who we are. And that's not your true identity. Your true identity is you are a child of God. Amen? You're a child of God. You gotta believe that. You gotta wake up and believe that. But when you're sucked into the patterns of this world, when you are conformed by the things of the world, there is great danger in that, my friends. Great danger in that. The first thing we end up doing is we lower our standards. Our view of God becomes lower in our life. We lower our guard, we let down our guard, we allow things to infiltrate our spirit and our identity and then what ends up happening is we end up representing something that's not really who God created us to be. It's not really who God created us to be. And here's some choices that sometimes people can make when their lives are conformed to the world, the patterns of this world. Some of these are pretty, pretty real. And so I don't mean to get up in your face with them, but at the same time as I was, as I was writing this and praying about it, I'm like, I need to share some of these things. You know that the patterns of this world are conforming your life. If you're okay 
with renting any rated R movie, watching a rated R movie that has sexual content, nudity in it. You know that your life is being a little, or maybe a lot, conformed by the patterns of this world if you're okay with those things. You know your life is being conformed to the pattern of this world if you're okay with using language that doesn't edify the body. And maybe it's when you're not around other believers. You might be conformed to the pattern of this world if you're okay to spend more money and more money and more money, money you don't have, on a car, on a house, on new clothes, even to the point where it puts you in debt and your family in a tough spot. You might be conformed to pattern of the world if you're doing that with your finances. I don't know if you relate with any of those, but I got some more. I really didn't know if I could share this one just because I know people personally, good friends of mine that make choices in this area. And I was like, God, how do I share this? He's like, just share it. Speak the truth. You know your life might be more conformed to the pattern of this world if you choose activities and sports and things for your kids above a relationship with God above consistency in the body of Christ, just so they can get better, just so they can be more well-known, it might be costing them a relationship with Jesus. Did you know that statistics show that every one out of five to six, every one out of like in between 10 to 20% of kids, only those kids will stay in the faith in the church that grow up in the church after they go into college. Some will come back later on. But four out of five, five out of six, they will leave the church. So if you're a parent, what's your life conformed like? What pattern are you conformed to for your kids? What decisions are you making for your kids? Is it a pattern after God or is it a pattern after the world? You might be patterned after the world if you actively or you forget to read your Bible, to pray, and then you use the excuse, like I have many times in my life, and you said, I've just been so busy and so caught up in other things. Maybe you've been more caught up, like I have before in my life, with mainstream media, with gas prices, with social media, than you have about your own time with your Savior. And that's more than just being here. It's daily Guys, there is a ruler and a deceiver in this world. And his name is Satan. And his job, his number one job and goal, I believe, is to get us to fall in love with the world. To get us to fall in love with the world, with the patterns of the world, with the decisions you're making that are outside of what God intended you to do and that seek after him. Satan uses the world. He rules over this world. He has dominion over this earth. He uses goals, aims, ends, ambitions, sometimes to make our life so self-centered that we forget who we follow. That you and I forget who created us, who we live for, I mean, I believe that's why the life of a a believer is so difficult when you're outside of this place. You're in the world, but God says you're not of the world. 
We're supposed to be ambassadors for Christ. It's so hard when the world is seeking to squeeze everything into our life by its mold, by its pattern, turning our eyes back on ourselves, what I want, what I desire, that all started in the beginning. And as Dave always reminds us, don't miss this right here. Don't miss this. There are things in our life because of what happened at creation. And don't miss these things. First, it's the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh can be present in our life at all times unless God is the center because we crave things, our flesh, our body craves things that are carnal, that are physical. We saw that in the beginning with Adam and Eve, with the, the fruit. Eve wanted the fruit. She had that desire, that physical desire to taste that fruit. Satan's work with the lust of the flesh is to make us fall in love with those things. Maybe those things, those patterns are food. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's sexual fulfillment and desires that you have to feel satisfied, to fill a need for happiness or satisfaction, a lust of the flesh that Satan uses to try to conform us. And we know he's doing a pretty good job over our world. He's doing a pretty good job at that. That's why we need people to stand in the gap and stand with us for Jesus. So there's the lust of the flesh. Secondly, Satan used the lust of the eyes. Perhaps one of the, the greatest struggles in America that I see is the lust of the eyes, the desire for more stuff, the desire for more things, more possessions. It's filtered through all of our media and ads and everything that we spend all this time with. We want more and more and more, but yet when we fill our lives up with those things, what do we end up feeling? Not fully satisfied because our identity has been, been put in those things. The lust of the eyes takes us away from what's honorable and pleasing to God. So what is it for you? Is it the lust of the flesh? What you want physically? Is it the lust of your eyes? What you, what you covet? What you want possession-wise? What you want to gain in this life? Or is it what Satan used in the beginning? Is it the pride of life? Pride of life seeks to conform us to the world's patterns and the world's ways. The pride of life is seen in the illegitimate pursuit, the arrogance of wanting more, higher position, being greater, rising above everyone else. It moves people to cheat, to lie, to steal. The pride of life keeps us from committing to God's plan and his will. And so we talk about those things, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And I wanna ask this, are you trapped by any of those patterns? Are you trapped by any of those things that Satan uses? Pastor Louis Giglio of Passion City Church says this. He said, your flesh will control you. Listen to this. Your flesh will control you. He says it will determine the pathway of your life. Your flesh will tell you what to do, what you want, what decisions you make. Your flesh will tell you what's best for your own well-being as well as your family's well-being. Your flesh, yes, will even tell you what your future will hold. 
Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. It's a powerful thing that Satan uses to try to conform us to the patterns of this world, the patterns that are deadly to ourselves, to our families. But we have to ask ourselves because of that, this question, what do we desire? Do we desire the things of the world or do we desire godliness and holiness? I believe we can't seek and attain that holiness and that living sacrifice that, that Dave and Aquila talked about, unless we understand that we have a father who stays. We have a father who stays. He stands with us. So if you came in here tonight and you're like, man, some of this stuff really hit me. My life has been conformed to the patterns of this world. I'm struggling with some of those things. You need to know that you have a father who stays with you. You need to know that you have a father who will be your guide. You have a father who will be with you through the dark times, through the depressing times, through the uncertain times, through the times that you're living in fear, the hard times, the times where your family split apart, the times where nobody knows what's on the inside and you are broken. You need to know that you have a father who stays. He's not gonna leave you. The things of this world, the patterns of this world, they'll fade away. They'll fade away, they won't go with you. 1 John 2, 17 says that we can't take the patterns and things of this world with us. We can only stand firm with the Father. 1 John 3, 1, I love this verse. It says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us. Just take that in for a minute, church. The Father has lavished his great love on you that we should be called children of God, that we should be called children of God. That's an exclamation point. That's spoken with emphasis, that you are a child of God because he has lavished his love on you. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. The world doesn't know God, Satan rules over this world. Satan wants you to be conformed by the patterns of this world, but God wants you to know that he stays with you, that he's lavished his love on you, that you are a child of God, that's what you are, that's what you need to live in. The desires of the flesh, the pride of life. Don't get caught up in those things and feel like there's no way out, like you're alone. Remember, you have a choice to make that God wants to stay beside you. He wants to work in your life. He's always there. He's always there. You know, over the past several months, uh, my middle daughter, her name's Finley, she's five. Almost every night, she's coming into my bedroom about 3 a.m. And you know, if you're a parent, what she's doing, she's climbing into bed to sleep with us. Why? Well, she keeps telling us she's having nightmares. And half the time I'm like, oh, that story seemed a bit sketchy, all right? I think you made that up right on the spot. Um, but usually when she comes in, my wife and I will be like, what happened? What, what, what happened? And she'll start telling us this, this story, this dream she had or whatever she made up. And sometimes it's like, there's something scary in my room. I've seen something in my closet. Okay, come on. So I gotta take, take her back to her room. That's what any good dad should do, right? 
Sometimes I just say, hey, Michelle, would you go do that, right? That's not what a good dad would do, though, right? So take, take her in your room. Hey, Finley, see, I'm gonna go in the closet here. See, nothing's in here. Everything's okay. Daddy, I saw something under the bed or I saw something move by the curtain. See, Finn, nothing's under there. See, Daddy's here. Everything's okay. What does that do for her? It reminds her that the Father is there. That the Father's there. The Father's present. And God is the same way with you. Whatever you've conformed to, whatever patterns you've followed, God wants to say this to you. He wants to say, hey, whatever your situation is, whatever you got going on, I got you. Just come back to me. Focus on me. I'm gonna be with you. Trust me. Let me lavish my love on you. I will stay. So do you wanna follow the patterns of this world or do you wanna follow a father that stays? Let's pray. God, we love you so much. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you that we do not have to conform to the pattern of this world because you overcame the world. But God, we know how real the devil is and what his dominion looks like over this earth. We cannot defeat those things ourselves. We have to look to you. We have to look to your people. We have to look to your church. So Father, as we leave, as we finish up our summer, God, help us conform our lives to you and not to the patterns of this world. Thank you for being a father who stays. In your name, amen.